So if I didn't mention this, I'm Pastor Norm, and I am the lead pastor here, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to uh, comment on a couple of things. I wanted to thank you for being so generous at the Hope. And it has allowed us to do some pretty good things. And one of them is, is this. Yeah! And you know what? We, we love the ladies from Bear River. And it's our privilege. It's our privilege to be able to provide the transportation. And no longer do they have to make four van trips over, but just one. And, uh, yeah, one. <laughs> one. <laughs> and if you happen to have your CDL with a passenger endorsement, please talk to me, because we could use some more drivers. Brother Dave has been kind enough to drive the last two Sundays. And he looks good behind the wheel with that captain's hat on or bus driver's hat. But, uh, anyway, we, I know he would like a, a Sunday off every now and then, so... Thank you for that. Just see me. If you're online and you're not coming, come and talk to me. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to point out this week before I get started was that we had our electric vehicle safety training here at the Hope this week. So we had the state troopers. We, it was funny because this whole sec... My bad. This section was the state troopers, uh, the, the EMTs were over here, and the, the fire department was all in that section. And they, I was just like, wow, yeah, it's funny. They all have their own thing. Thank you, man. I, I, I'm sorry. And then they went outside, and basically, I, I learned a lot because I sat through it because I was running sound back there for them. But I learned just how amazing electric cars are, and sometimes when they catch on fire, how fun it is to put them out, and that, that's being facetious. They don't get put out real easy, so it was a great training for our uh, first responders, and we didn't charge them for that. We just said, hey, come on, use our building, and they were grateful for it, so thank you, Hope Church. So this week, and and the week before, it has been interesting, to say the least. How many have felt like you have been under attack? Your family, your friends. We have had so many of our people either get sick, end up in the hospital, or uh, get hit in a car accident. I mean, it's just crazy. And as I was putting this message together, it was like the Lord just said, go back to the basics. And I'm like, oh, I can do that. So today, how to avoid becoming a lion's lunch. Yeah, uh, some practices of Daniel and, and others, but Daniel's the key player. So I'm going to get to that in just a minute. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we again just are in love with you. We adore you. We adore the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would just show up here in a big way today. We give thanks for the blood of Jesus, the Son of God, who cleansed us of all unrighteousness. 
Lord, because of Jesus, our names are written in the Lamb's book of life when we put our trust in him. And Lord, today we ask that you would prepare our hearts to receive. Lord, if there's somebody here today that's really struggling, that they have just sensed the enemy is camped out just outside their door, Lord, let this message sink in. Use it to your glory. We give you all the praise. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. How to avoid becoming a lion's lunch. Okay. Today we're going to take a look at some different practices that we can do to keep the enemy's mouth shut. And by that, I'm not talking about words. When you look at a lion straight on, and they open their mouth, what do you see? Teeth. That's what I'm talking about. You want that lion's mouth shut. I guess I could have used an alligator too. That might have been a good one too. But anyway, you get the idea. What is the devil here to do? To, thank you. To destroy God's people. I actually put that up. John 10.10, 10, Jesus said the thief. The thief is who? The devil. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Hallelujah. Anyone who desires to serve God, anyone, listen to this, you are putting a target on your back. I'm not going to candy coat this message today. I want you to really get this. If you're a Christian, if you're called by his name, you are automatically putting a target on your back. Now, if you're one of those who you claim to be a Christian, but then you leave here and you just go out and do whatever, whatever sin floats your boat, this doesn't pertain to you. You're safe. The devil's not going to mess with you. Why? Because you are making the kingdom look like it's not real. But for those who love Jesus, who serve God and the church, with all their heart, life, mind, soul, etc., I guess that was it, you are going to put a target on your back. And we need to be aware of this and not be surprised by it. So, if you serve Jesus, that's you. Target on your back. All right. I want to go back. Actually, I want to go ahead first. I'm going to go to 1 Peter 4. I have these up for you for your convenience. You're welcome to turn there if, if you're able to. NLT says, dear friends, don't be surprised, and this is my highlight, at the fiery trials. Everybody say fiery trials. Fiery trials. At the fiery trials that you're going through, as if something strange were happening to you. How many Christians do you know that get really surprised when life doesn't go the way they thought it should? What does this say? Don't be surprised. All right? Instead, he says, be very glad. Oh. What did you just sing? He will make me glad. You didn't know I was going to put this up. He will make me glad. I will rejoice for he will. Anyway, that goes way back. For these trials make you partners with Christ. Everybody say, I'm partnered with Christ. This is so important. In his suffering. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did you hear that? 
We all were like, yeah, right there. I'm a partner with Christ. And then in his suffering, I heard one person. (laughs) Come on now. In his suffering. Wow. So that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to the world. God will use your trials to show the world he exists. Let me continue real quick. So be happy. (laughs) What? Be happy when you're insulted. For being a... Should it surprise us when people mock us? Should it surprise us when people call us out and say, Oh, you man be pamby Christian, what are you doing here? You know, you're just an anathema to the world. I don't know why we need you. Well, they need us because we bring the glory of God to this planet. If you suffer, however, it must not be. And, and this is just the... The other side of the coin. Listen, if you bring it on yourself, this is what he's saying. If you bring it on yourself, if you do something dumb, don't, ex- don't think that you're going to be getting glorified there. You're just messing things up, right? Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't make trouble. Don't go prying into other people's affairs. Man, that's a good one. Everybody in this church needs to practice it. If you're talking about somebody else's business, just... But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by His name. Hallelujah. What can we learn from this? From Peter's advice. First, I already said it. Christians expect fiery trials. That's what makes us who we are. Expect stuff to come at you. What kind of stuff? Somebody always asks, what kind of stuff that you don't want? You'll be tempted. You'll be tempted to get angry and even curse. None of you ladies at Bear River ever curse. I I know. I'm picking on you. (laughs) I hope that's okay. You're part of the church. Can I pick on you? All right, all right. Hallelujah. You know, we'll be tempted to hide when this stuff comes at us. We'll be tempted to even run the other way. But I want to tell you right now, that is not what we were made to do, Christian. That is not who we should be. Let me ask you this. Was Jesus ever tempted? Yes. yes. Did he face fiery trials? Yes. Duh. Just look at that. That was the big one. He suffered for us. He went through hell for us. And as a result, he got the victory over sin and death. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
I don't know about you, but that's great news. So count it a joy when you face those fiery trials. Christian, we are called by his name. How many are ashamed of that? Let me ask you this. Don't raise your hand. How many ever tell people that you're a Christian? I can't. Okay, 10% of you. I can't tell you how many times I've heard from non-believers, I worked with this person for 10 years and didn't know that they love Jesus. What's that say about us? Come on, we need to do better than that. People need to hear the good news. They need to know who Jesus Christ is. And as a Christian, it's our responsibility to let them know that. Again, to God be the glory. But when you're called by His name, it should not surprise any one of us that all hell is going to break loose against you. Trials... (laughs) Trials are a part of the Christian job description. I'm going to say that one more time. Trials are a part of a Christian's job description. That's who we are, period. Tell your neighbor this. We are at war, and the prize is my soul. Do you realize that? God wants everybody to be with Him in heaven. So what does Satan want? Everybody to join Him where? In hell. Choice is always ours. Who are we going to pick? I'm not going in that. That's not the purpose of the message today. But I just want you to know that we are at war and the prize is our soul. Romans 8.37, the New King James says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Jesus already got the victory. We just need to take hold of what He's already got. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us, through Jesus. How many want to be conquerors? So how do we do that? First, number one, always you have to put your trust fully in Jesus. In what He did on the cross. You have to repent of your sins and say, Lord, forgive me. Make me a new person. Help me to walk this life out. Empower me with your Holy Spirit. Give me everything I need so that I can be more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, who loves me, who loves me. Hallelujah. Second, and this is the basics. When we were in children's ministry so many years ago, and of course I'm reminded of it with David and Autumn being with us, but we used to teach the kids to put their armor on. You know what I'm talking about? Why? Why do we put it on? So we can what? Stand. Stand. All right. Let me me just point you back to this. Ephesians chapter 6. And I'm going to read 
just through the, we'll do this quick. The Apostle Paul gave this advice, beginning with verse 10. He said, a final word, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Look, you ain't got nothing. All right, you may be gifted in something, but when it comes to this, when it comes to doing battle, you better go to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You better have the power of the Holy Spirit with you. Verse 11, put on all of God's armor. Whose armor is it? God's armor. So that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Is the devil real? Anybody struggling with anything today? Addictions, pornography, drugs, alcohol? Strategies. He's trying to eat your lunch. He wants you dead. But Jesus wants to give you life and life to the full. So let's look at, and, and it talks about, in verse 12, and I don't have that up there, but it talks about how our battle isn't with people. It isn't with flesh. Pull your skin and go, ow. That's not who you're fighting. Listen, the mouth may come from somebody like that. All right? You may be attacked by a person, but I promise you that person is being driven by your fight isn't with them. When people start coming at you, yapping at you, get behind me, Satan. Don't say that to them. Don't, don't say it to the person, but just in, inside say that. In your inside voice, say that. Get behind me, Satan. Know that this is an attack on you personally. The devil wants to eat your lunch, and he'll do whatever he can. He has powers and principalities that are at work. You look at our bigger cities. You'll feel it. I, I went to L.A. Uh, years ago. This was for a... a thing we did in Bible college. And when I got there, I felt it. And I'd never felt it that strong before. It was not that the people were wicked. Please, don't misunderstand me. There was an evil there. And you know that, that Los Angeles means city of angels. And they are, they are not, in my opinion, just me talking, they are not angels from God. Yes, it is a city of angels, but it, it is. And you feel it. We are at war, and the devil wants our soul. So we need to put on our armor every day. And I'm saying this as your pastor, and I was reminded of this this last week when we were praying with one of our saints who was in the hospital. We need to put on our armor Verse 6, 13, let's start there. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Hallelujah. First piece. Stand your ground putting on the belt of truth. Say belt of truth. And the body armor of God's righteousness. 
I love, I love the way that the NLT puts that. The body armor. You know, when I go out on my ride-alongs, I have to put on my body armor. I can't ride with them without it. And it's basically a bulletproof vest. But this is God's righteousness that we're putting on here. So what do you start with? Belt of truth. Okay, two things. First, word is what? Truth. Okay, so when you speak, it's the truth. And also, what comes out of your mouth needs to be truth. All right, you got it. You with me? So far, God's righteousness. Next, the shoes. Put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. What's that saying? Everywhere you go, take the the gospel with you. Everywhere. People don't need to hear you. They need to hear God's word. And that doesn't mean you preach at them. Don't be one of them Bible thumpers. Now you, brother, come on. What do you want to tell them? You want to tell them, you know what? God's broken because you're broken. God loves you, and he made a way where there was no other way. You can can be healed. Yes, he does. A plan... A plan to bring you a hope in the future. That's why I love calling this place the hope. A hope in the future. To prosper you and not bring harm. God wants to do that for you. That's what we need to tell people. Oh, it's going to be a long one. In addition to all these, hold up that, hold it up. Hold up that shield of faith. To stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Come on now. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? Hebrews 11.1. What is faith? It's believing that God's got this. When you hold up, okay, you're holding the shield of faith up, but whose is it? I started out with saying it's God's armor. Man, you put that thing up there. Lord, I know you got this. Hallelujah. Greater is he that's in me than that devil who's in this world. Hallelujah. And finally, verse 17, put on that salvation, the helmet of salvation, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Hallelujah. These are the armor of God. They make up the armor of God. And then uh, uh, Paul goes on to talk about praying, praying always, praying for everything. But put the armor on. And let's see if this nonsense from the enemy doesn't stop. Because I'll tell you what, I'm tired of it. We got this. We're more than conquerors. Can you say amen? Amen. Now I want to go back to the Old Testament. We've been looking at Daniel. This week I want to look at Daniel chapter 6. To me, Daniel is one of the premier heroes of faith. I love this guy. 
He's awesome. And in chapter 6, he finds himself working with, for another king. Say another king. I don't know how he did it. You know, he's just one king after another king after another king. But notice that God keeps raising him up. When you're faithful, when you're praying on a regular, daily basis, as we're going to see that he does, God can do miraculous things in and through you. Every job that I ever took, I was always promoted, and I give God the glory, because it didn't happen until I became born again. Prior to that, I was stuck in the same place for four and a half years, doing the same laborious job. That's why my back's so messed up today. And I love GM. They were good to me. But reaching down in those gondolas like this every day a thousand times, ow, <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. When I became born again, and it was God that led me to this first job in engineering, everything I did, God showed favor on me and promoted me. And that's not a boast. Because I'm, I'm nobody. Listen, I'm nobody. I have nothing special. I struggle just to talk to you. If you ever wonder, well, why would Pastor not say anything to me? It's because... I'm running somewhere, and I can't do two things at once. I'm trying to get something done, so please don't be offended if I miss you. That's, it's not intentional. I'd give every single one of you a big God bless you hug right now if I could. If you want to line up after service, I will. But just know that before service starts, I am running around like a, if I can use this term, a chicken with his head cut off. It's just how it is. You don't know all the things that are going on or that aren't going on that should be going on, and we're trying to fix it, right? Okay. That said, I just wanted to say that God will promote you if you give him the opportunity. He loves doing that with his people. He loved doing it with Daniel, obviously. So here he is, working for now the king of the Medes, what happened last time I spoke, a couple weeks ago, we were in chapter 5. Remember, they camped out outside the city of Babylon. And at the right time, they came in and they killed the king, took the city over. Now this new king has established himself, and he's already figured out that Daniel is valuable. All right? That's sad to say this, and I, I like to emphasize that we, we know he's over 80 at this point. Everybody say, that's old. I can't say nothing because I'm close. <laughs> However, just hear this. Old age never, never prevents us from being used by God. If you go back and look at the stories of the Old Testament, how old are these guys? They're like 80. They're just starting out. Woohoo! That's when God does the, the miraculous because he, yeah, look at this old feeble dude. If he does something, people are going to know it's me. God's saying that, you know? He'll get the glory. Daniel 6 3. 
I'm not going to read every verse. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Now you might think, oh, that's cool. The king is putting Daniel over the entire city. The entire kingdom. <laughs> cool, right? Do you think Daniel was going, all right. 80 plus years old, he's probably thinking, I just want to go home and sit in my recliner. I got to work. Yep, I agree. One thing that wigs our enemies out is when a Christian is elevated in rank. Satan hates it when Christians end up having power and authority given them. And what is his mission? To seek, kill, and destroy. Do you think he wants you being promoted? No. So if you find yourself in that place, what's going to happen? Target on your back, okay? That's what's happening here. These advisors, these wicked, I'm going to call them wicked because that's what they are, they weren't believers. They didn't put their trust in Yahweh. They believed in all the other gods. They might have compartmentalized a little spot for Yahweh, but it wasn't like Daniel. Daniel's only God was Yahweh. And he prayed to him, as we're going to see here in a minute, three times a day. How many of us pray three times a day? A couple of you. Good, good. How many are led of the Spirit? You find yourself, and I've said this before, the Lord puts somebody's face in your mind, or name maybe. What do you do with that? You should pray. Why do you think God's putting them there? Just pray in the Spirit. I don't know what to pray. Pray in the Spirit, right? If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, pray in the Spirit. Satan hates it when Christians are raised up. So that's a takeaway here. Verses 4 and 5 show how Daniel's counterparts, and I, I, as I said, I think it's safe to say they were evil, that they were advisors to the king, right? He trusted them. How do you think they felt when the king made Daniel the, the top dog? Jealous. What do you do when you're jealous? You try to get rid of the threat, don't you? Isn't that what a lot of people do? They try to get rid of the threat. And guess what they did? They tried to get rid of the threat. They connived together. I like that word. They made plans to destroy Daniel. And his enemies concluded, and this is a cool part, they concluded that Daniel was faithful, that he was loyal, that he was trustworthy, when our enemies look at you, when your enemies look at you, what do they see? Do they see some mouthy, yapping Christian who never shows any character of God? Or do they see you as one of those? Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. You know what? I've never heard a bad thing come out of this guy's mouth or this lady's mouth. That's who we need to be, right? Right? That's who Daniel was. They couldn't find anything 
to do a, a, a character assassination. So they had to get desperate, and they decided we'll use his religion against him. And listen to what they do. Verses 6 to 9 says this. So the administrator's high officers went to the king and said, Long live King Darius. We are all in agreement, we administrators, officials, high officers and advisors and governors, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Am I doing the voice right? Give orders, almighty king, I added that part, that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone divine or human except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so that it cannot be changed. <laughs> An official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So the king signed it into law. <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking of Richard Nixon. Not to, not to peg him, you know, anyhow. Yeah, I'll stop there. But how sneaky can you get? Really? How sneaky can you get? They, they knew that Daniel and his cohorts, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he knew that they prayed. They knew it. And they knew that if they told him they couldn't, what would they do? Keep doing it anyway. They've seen it over and over. <laughs> oh, boy. As I was... Putting this together, I couldn't stop but think where Jesus said, you know, don't stand on the street corners praying where everybody can see you, but instead go into your secret closet. And I'm thinking, man, if Daniel had used that, as, that's not what Jesus meant, but anyhow. In, in Daniel's case, he opened the window so all could see. Trust me when I say this. Politicians do whatever necessary to protect themselves. And I don't necessarily mean a political party. I'm talking people. I know a lot of people that are political. They will tell you what you want to hear. That's what a politician is to me. Right? They will tell you what you want to hear. That doesn't necessarily mean they'll do it. But anyhow, they'll tell you that. If a large group of people comes to them, the politician, and demands something happen, they're going to they're gonna go with the flow. They don't want the headache, right? Even if it contradicts Scripture, even if it's immoral. How, do we see this today? Yes. All right? These leaders, so-called, they want the barking dogs to stop. You know, understand what I'm saying? They want the barking dogs to stop. And if the, the only way they can silence them is to agree with them, then they'll agree with them. And that's what this king just did. And if they need to throw a godly man or woman under the bus or two, so be it. At least it will silence the dogs. King Darius obviously did not have a clue as to what these sneaky advisors were up to. But he was about to find out. Verse 10. When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home. 
And he knelt down as usual. Everybody say, as usual. As usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and they found him praying and asking for God's help. After hearing about the new law, Daniel ignored it and did what he always did. Nothing different. He prayed. Hallelujah. These evil, jealous advisors were counting on Daniel to pray. And they caught him red-handed. They ran to King Darius with glee. And you can almost see it in their face. That's the glee. And, and it was one of those, nah, 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 nah. we caught Daniel praying. You can hear the satanic minions when they do these things. You can hear it. And that's who these guys were. Wow. That's who Daniel was up against. Verse 12. So they went straight to the king, reminded him about his law. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days any person who prays to anyone divine or human except you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions? <laughs> Daniel broke the law. And King Darius found himself in a conundrum. He liked Daniel. He liked, he liked the God that he saw in Daniel. He just he couldn't figure that out. That was the only difference between Daniel and all the rest of those yahoos. Was that Daniel served God. And the power of God was in him. That was the difference. And this king knew something was different. And he actually tried to avoid having to honor this law that he signed into law. He's like, what can I do? He postponed it. But guess what? Guess what happened during the day? The barking dogs. Almighty King, Almighty King, you know Daniel broke the law, and you know you put that law into place, and you got to honor that law. That's what happened. Verse 16. So at last the king orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. And the king said to him, I love this, may your God whom you serve. So what does that say about Daniel? The king is saying this. May your God, who you serve so faithfully, rescue you. Oh, may that be said about us. May your God, who you serve so faithfully, rescue you. Wow. 
I hope that's said about me. Someday, maybe. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seals of his nobles. I don't know why they went to all that trouble. Can you picture a hole in the ground? I don't know how far down it went. Probably far enough so a lion couldn't jump out and eat the guys that were opening the hole. I'm guessing it was pretty deep. Looking down in there, and guess what? They didn't feed these lions every day. They wanted them hungry. You getting me? When they opened that hole up, man, there's some noise coming out of that pit. And I don't think the king wanted to hear it. He didn't want to hear his buddy getting torn to shreds. So what did he say? He said, put the stone over the thing. Quick, put the stone over the thing. He didn't want to hear the, ah! Bones breaking. A stone was brought, placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed it. Then the king returned, and I love, I put this in highlights. What king fasts like this? He really liked Daniel. He fasted for him. He even refused the usual entertainment. He couldn't sleep. Does this sound like a king? Mighty king of the Medes? I am. They thought they were gods. I am King Darius. I'm going to fast. Nope. No entertainment tonight. I'm going to be thinking about my friend Daniel. Look at this next part. I love this part. This shows you he had a restless night. Very early the next morning. When? Very early the next morning, the king got up, hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions? Woo! Yeah! I'm not sure who had more faith, King Darius or Daniel. Okay, I'm going to say Daniel just because all night long he's sitting there, and I don't know if he saw the angels, but all night long he's sitting there watching, and, and I don't know if the angels just went and closed the mouths and held them shut, or if they held them open. Either way, it'd be spooky. And I don't know if there was light in there, because it would have been dark otherwise. Maybe he didn't even see him. He would have just heard the Rustling around. Meow, meow. No. <laughs> Listen to what Daniel said back. Long live the king. Ah. What do you think Darius is feeling right there? Yes, he's alive. <laughs> My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me. For I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. Hallelujah. That's really good news. 
This king was so happy. He was full of glee at this point. He was excited. His friend was seen to be worthy of his God protecting him. Do you know God wants to do the same thing for you? And there was only one that Daniel thought about pleasing. He didn't didn't think about, you know, I'm going to please the king. That wasn't his intent. His intent was, I am going to please God and God alone. And that brings me to this point. God is the only one that we must please. If you please him, you're okay, you're safe. God has got this. God has got your back. It doesn't matter what kind of fiery trial you end up with, whether it's a burning furnace like we talked about a couple weeks ago, or a pit full of lions who are hungry. And if the worst did happen, and I just throw this out, because God doesn't always intervene like this, but if the worst happened and those lions get a piece of you, I promise you, you will not feel a thing. You know, they said when, the, when they martyred the saints back in the early centuries that they just glowed. And they just lifted their arms. The ones who were truly faithful lifted their arms and just said, forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. They forgave them. And guess what? They shut their eyes and when they opened them, where were they? Jesus had them. <laughs> Woo! But in this case, God saw fit to hold the lions back, to keep his prophet from becoming lion lunch. What happened to the other guys? The king was overjoyed, and he ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. Then the king gave orders to arrest the men who had maliciously accused Daniel. He had them thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. Now look, I'm not all excited that their kids had to go, but the lions leaped on them and tore them apart before they even hit the floor of the den. You know, I've watched this over the years, and I'm just throwing this out. I hope you're not one of them. I hope nobody here is one of them. I hope nobody watching online is one of them. But when you serve Satan, when you do evil things without giving it a second thought, you think you're safe. But I promise you this, the devil will throw you under quicker than you can say hallelujah. He will. He will kill you. You're not safe if you follow Satan. I've heard of witches who have been meeting around the area. I'm like, for what? Who are they trying to affect? They're the ones going to hell. All right? They need Jesus. There's not a thing they can do to anybody in this room. If you are born again, you got that bloodline around you. You put your armor on. You've got nothing to fear. The blood of Jesus Christ will prevent any 
anomaly from hell ever coming against you. You've got nothing to fear when you serve Jesus. Hallelujah. God is more than able to loose legions of angels if need be to keep you safe. And we already know Lucifer lost. He wouldn't be here to begin with if he hadn't. Just to back up, because I like this. When these minions, these advisors, wicked advisors, were fed to the lions, I just thought that it was kind of like justice was the main course. And I believe that's kind of what we see here. When people attack you for no reason, other than you're a Christian. How many know that happens? You don't have to do a thing wrong, but because you have that name, Christian. They hate you. Because you represent everything they don't have. It's true. Hallelujah. About to wrap this up, believe it or not. The rest of the chapter shows how King Darius gave God the glory. And he pronounced that Yahweh's kingdom would reign forever. And we, we know that's going to happen, right? Yes, we do. This was even before Jesus. And he announced that. I believe God gave him a prophetic vision of the future. And what I want you to take away from the passages we've looked at today, these, all these Bible verses that I've shared is that, yes, as a Christian, you will go through. Yes. It's going to happen. However, right side of the butt. But, if you put on your armor, if you take your stand, if you recognize you're more than a conqueror, you're going to get the victory. And I, I've said this two or three times. Jesus already got the victory. We just need to take, take a hold of that. Just believe that I'm victorious. It may not look like it. You know, where I'm standing right now, my, my pants may be on fire. And I'm talking hypothetically here. My pants might be on fire, but I know God's got this. I'm going to keep looking up. I'm going to keep praying. Lord, I gird my loins with that belt of truth. I put on those gospel shoes. I put on my helmet of salvation and my breastplate of righteousness. Hallelujah. And I pick up that shield of faith that quenches those fiery darts from the enemy, and I pick up my sword of the Spirit. And I say, if God is for me, who can be against me? What can man do to me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you stand? We live in a day... And I don't think it's going to get less. I think it's going to become more so in a tumultuous age.
This is a time when, and, and Scripture says this, it says good will, will be seen as evil and evil will be seen as good and we see that every day. It's like, how can you not see what you're doing? But it just challenges us to let our light shine even more. Not to, not to hide it, as, as that passage says in Matthew 5, not to hide it. It says, don't put your light under a bushel basket. No. Put it up at the top of the hill where they can see it. They'll be drawn to it. And when they're hurting, when they're broken, when they don't know where to turn, they're going to think of you. And you're going to go, oh, you always do this stuff. You go through these fires. How do you do it? And you get to look at them with glee and say, let me tell you about my friend Jesus. <laughs> let me tell you what he's done in my life. How he resurrected me from certain death. And now, I'm one of his kids. And you can be too. That is the message. That's what these people need to hear. And I know there are some in this room, you've been feeling like you've been thrown into the lion's den. <laughs> but I hope this, this, all of this that I've shared today, I hope that it just gives you a little bit of hope, maybe a lot of hope, to fight back. Don't be laying down. Don't be, don't be doing that. You're a, a Christian. You've, you've said yes to Jesus. Man, you have got it all. Everybody say, I'm a child of God. And God loves me. What won't God do for me? And that's truth. Mighty God, Heavenly Father, once again, I'm, sometimes He just puts His love in me just so I could get a glimpse. And I'm feeling it. I'm not up here to put on a show. This is real. God wants you to know how much He loves you. And He wants no man or woman to perish. He wants all of you to be saved. But it's a choice. You can either go off barking like the dogs, and I like dogs, don't get me wrong. You get what I'm saying, the yippy ones, the, the people that do wicked things, you can do that. You can just keep living your life that way. Or... You can choose to do it right and put that breastplate of righteousness on. It's free. It costs Jesus everything, but it's free yes. to you. And all you have to do is say, God, I can't do this anymore. I, I need Jesus. I need to be forgiven of all this stuff 
so that I can put my trust in you and begin serving you and living my life for you, oh Lord, just as Daniel did. All heads up. Anybody here, you say, that's me, Pastor. You're brave enough, you put your hand up. You, need, you want me to pray with you. I'm here, I'm here to pray with you. Yep, anybody else? Yep, thank you. You can put them down. Anybody else that didn't already raise them? Hallelujah. You just want all God has for you. Amen. Hallelujah. I want everybody here to pray this. Please pray this with me. What I love about the hope is we are a big family. Everybody in here who's already born again already went through this. And they've been changed, and they're not ashamed of that. They're, they'll tell you their story if you want to know it. Right? Right? Nobody here is going, oh, I don't want them to know what I did. Who cares? That's under the blood. And that's how we look at it. So, church, we're going to pray. And if you raised your hand just a minute ago, you want all God has for you. You're ready to just claim Him. Claim Jesus. Then I want you to pray this as though He were standing in front of you, which I believe He is. So pray this with me. Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus to take my place of certain death. He was bruised. He was beaten. He was humiliated. And he was hung on the cross for me. Thank you. And Jesus, I put my faith and my trust in you today. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. And make me a new person today. Help me to serve you all the days I have left on this earth. Help me to be a light in a very dark world. To share hope and love and all the other attributes of God with those who need it most. And Lord, fill me with your precious Holy Spirit. Empower me for your good works. I pray this in Jesus' name. The strong Son of God. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Now, before you leave today, go up to somebody and say, hey, you look gleeful. <laughs> and then give them one of them big cheesy grins. <laughs> Love y'all. Hope we uh, see you next week. Have a great day in Jesus. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. One minute. I forgot. Lost Valley Bible Camp. Eight miles that way on 32 in the big curve. You'll see the sign. Family camp all week this week. So if you want to get supercharged every night, starting tonight, Monday through Friday, go to camp. You'll love it. God bless you.